they say you're living good Pretty lawns with fancy landscapes She stares ahead with a blank gaze In her lovely neighborhood Where the living is And good afternoon and welcome to Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. I am a mortgage broker in the uh, county of Los Angeles, serving California uh, and beyond. And thanks for coming back to the show on this uh, hot Friday afternoon. Uh, The uh, music at the top of the show, uh, those of you who uh, have been listening for a while know that's uh, uh, jazz and blues singer Angie Wells. And what you don't know is that Angie is um, going to be featured uh, tonight at midnight Eastern time or 9 p.m. Pacific time on the show Real Jazz, which takes place on Sirius XM radio. So if you uh, if you have Sirius XM or you want to take a a free uh, a free trial on it tonight might be a really good time to do that Real Jazz. Angie Wells being interviewed and playing uh, live with her band on Sirius XM. She's also going to be performing uh, tomorrow evening in New York City at Chelsea Table and Stage. Um, You can find out more about that if you're in New York at www.chelseatableandstage.com. And for those of you who are not in New York, the show is also going to be live streamed. And you can support Angie and participate in that show by going to the same website and uh, purchasing a ticket for live streaming. Sit back in your living room with a uh, a glass of champagne and enjoy the Angie Wells Quartet. And that's www.chelseatableandstage.com. It's a very hot Friday for many of you. I understand it's 118 in Palm Springs. I'm uh, I'm on the west side of Los Angeles, and uh, it, we're no slouch over here. I think we're we're pushing ninety. Um, it, it's it's always interesting to me how um, things happen, and people are so surprised. Oh, I can't believe how funny the weather is. Oh, it's so crazy. It's you know it's hot and it's and there's storms and and floods and and I had no idea this was going to happen. No idea this was going to happen. Al Gore predicted this in 2020. Don't tell me that that you had no idea this was going to happen. Um, we've been talking about it for 25, 30 years, and here it comes. Here it comes. So um, we're going to cover a, a, a wide swath of uh, of subjects today. For those of you who have, have heard us before, you know that the purpose of this show is to reverse your thinking about different things, to turn things on their head, look at them from different points of view, take a, take a contrarian viewpoint about some things. And um, today's show is going to be no different. I, I wanted to open up with, uh, with something that very few of us talk about, and that's the idea of retiring with no money. Now, we don't talk about that. We talk about retiring with lots of money, but we never talk about retiring with no money. And the reason that's important is because lots of people are doing that. I'm sorry to say a, a significant number of people are retiring with little or no money today. And um, what do you do in that situation? What do you do if if all you have is you know maybe a small social security or a pension or maybe not even that? How are you going to get by as you get older? Well, there are certain things that you can do. Um, 
if if you don't have much in retirement savings, you, you need to look for ways to either reduce your expenses, boost your income, or both. You know, the the idea, the concept of retiring and not having to work, while it may sound like an ideal in practice for many people, it's not not all that good. It's not all that healthy. People tend to, you know, uh, kind of like disappear when they don't have things to do except sit home and, and watch television uh, and turn to a couch potato. So um, what can you do if you're retiring and you don't have or don't have enough money to retire on? Well, the first thing you can do is, is you can work. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, a lot of employers today uh, value the work ethic and the knowledge that people in their 60s and 70s can bring to a job. A steady paycheck is your best bet at maintaining financial security in retirement. However, um, it doesn't mean that you have to do the same kind of work that you have been doing most of your life. It's a good opportunity to look at a different type of career. And if you're not retired, but you're maybe a few years away from retiring, hey, guess what? Now might be a really great time to sort of look into getting retraining and maybe taking that class that you always promised yourself you were going to take or pursue that, um, uh, that, that, that employment opportunity or, or that dream job um, you never had time to do. This might be a good time to start, start preparing for that. If you don't have enough money put away, either by circumstance or by fault, the idea of getting a different job in retirement, a different career that excites you, is a really, really good way to spend some of those years. Better to be working at something that you truly enjoy and making money than broke sitting home doing nothing. You're listening to Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back and talk about some other ways that you can retire with no money. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Reverse Your Thinking. Uh, this afternoon, we're talking about reversing your thinking about retiring with little or no income and things that you can do to um, you know, make that period in your life both enjoyable and prosperous. Uh, the first thing we talked about was looking into different types of employment. The second thing uh, has to do with government assistance programs. Now, I know a lot of people have... Um, a negative view of when you hear something like government assistance, but you know what? You paid for it. it. It's one of the things that we we always forget is that we pay taxes for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And then when you need something from the government, it's there. There's a safety net to help you out. Well, uh, even though you might get money from social security, um, many seniors qualify for Supplemental Security Income, SSI. This is an additional monthly benefit given to blind, disabled, and low-income seniors. Now, I, I know a lot of people that have uh, disabilities know about SSI, or a lot of people that become disabled due to um, one thing or another know about SSI. But if you're not disabled, 
and you're, but you're low income, you can still qualify for SSI. How much you get depends on your annual income and where you live, uh, because many states supplement the federal SSI payment. Um, you want to check out if you qualify? If you're listening this afternoon, you want to see if if all of a sudden we put some money in your pocket? Um, fill out the Social Security Benefit Eligibility Screening Tool questionnaire. All right. Go to the Social Security site and fill out the Benefit Eligibility Screening Tool questionnaire. And you can find out possibly right there whether or not there's hundreds of dollars waiting for you. Um, you could also be eligible for further government assistance, uh, like help with food, um, utility, or housing costs. Now, again, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with taking help from the government. There's nothing wrong with taking help. You know, people who suffer in silence, people who say, um, you know, I'm not that kind of person, or I haven't got time for that. That's that's silly. We're, we're all a community. You know, and we all have to work together to get get by in this life, to get through this life. And and if you can get assistance from the federal government or the state government or uh, local organizations, there is no reason, there is no reason not to look into that for you. During COVID, many, many people, many, many people um, benefited from food programs when all of a sudden they were out of a job for a couple of years due to COVID. Nothing wrong with that. Third thing you can do if you're retiring with little or no income is try to reduce expenses. Um, this is something we've talked about on and off on this show for quite a while. There is a difference between what you need and what you want. Um, getting a grip on how you spend your money, why you spend your money the way you do, um, and and separating needs from wants is crucial for many, many, many people, for all of us actually, uh, but particularly if you're retiring without enough income. I, I work as an accredited financial counselor and I help people to um, understand how they spend and why they spend and why they do the things that they do. Um, I remember talking to somebody once and um, she loved riding horses and she spent about $25,000 a year keeping a horse um, and riding it. And, um, and when I questioned her on it, she explained how important it was to her and what a source of, of, of stress relief and how it was definitely something she wasn't going to give up. And then I asked her, well, in the course of a month, how many times do you ride the horse? And she thought for a second and she said, well, maybe once a week. I said, okay, so you 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 go riding, you go to the stable uh, four times a month, but you pay for the horse 30 days a month. And she said, that's right. And I said, well, why don't you consider selling shares in the horse? Why don't you, you know, give other people an opportunity to enjoy the horse and cover your own expenses? And you know what? She did. And it not only did it, not only did it knock $2,000 a month out of her budget, but it actually created a positive cash flow and she didn't surrender anything in order to do it. Um, there are many other ways that you can cut back on, uh, on expenses. And um, there are even people out there that can 
help you do that. Um, you know, you can you can save money in regard to Medicare. Um, th- th- there's lots of different ways. There's One minute. Ways. One of the things you can also do is you can uh, look into a daily money manager to help you put together a budget. Um, and the, the, the last thing that we're going to talk about today in relation to your retirement is a reverse mortgage. If you're a homeowner, all right, and you're 62 and older, actually 55 now, there are programs for people over the age of 55, you can get a reverse mortgage to tap in to some of the cash in your house um, and either pay off a mortgage or you, even if the property is free and clear, you can potentially qualify for a reverse mortgage. And there are many, many ways to receive that money, including a steady income for the rest of your life. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to our guest this week. You don't want to miss this. You're listening to Reverse Your Thinking with Mark Gertz. And we'll be right back after this. back on Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Our guest this afternoon is Ellen Goodwin. Ellen is the co-founder of the patented mobile and web-based platform Artifacts, which I'm going to let her explain to you. She's worn many hats in her career, including um, chief solution officers for a company called Noma. She uh, also, interestingly enough, uh, served as an intelligence analyst with the Central Intelligence Agency. That, that, that's right. You heard me, the CIA. Ellen, welcome. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to, pleasure to have you here. Uh, as you know, uh, we, we know each other through the National Aging in Place Council. And uh, I, I really would like to hear from you, from the horse's mouth, so to speak, what is Artifacts and, and how does that tie into um, aging in place? Thanks for the opportunity. So Artifacts, as you said, it's a website and mobile app where you can snap a picture, take a video audio, and attach the story behind the objects that we all collect and accumulate in life, right? So you just spoken earlier in this segment about coming to grips with, with reality. And for a lot of us, we have a lot of stuff. We collect it on purpose, we accumulate it, and ultimately our homes, all of our square footage becomes really heated, heat and air-conditioned storage units. So what do you have and what does it mean to you and what's the value to you? Are you hanging on to some $10,000 heirloom because you think your, your ancestors are going to haunt you if you get rid of it? Or you know maybe you could use that income for other purposes and sell that if it doesn't actually mean much to you. So our app is intended to deal with stuff. And you know when we talk about boomers, according to the latest uh, New York Times, they have about $3 trillion of durable assets that are about to pass down to us. How about they pass down the stories and the memories behind it all and not just piles of stuff. That's really interesting. So you're basically talking about um, a way to declutter. Absolutely. And, you know, to put it in more modern terms, I guess you could call it continuous Swedish death cleaning, right? What is any of it to you? (laughs) Why does it matter? Why are you keeping it? And why maybe are you getting rid of it and just keeping the memories? That that's true. You know, for, for many, many people, a lot of the things that they hold on to have nothing to do with the value or the uh, the interest in the item itself, it's the memories that it holds. Absolutely. And it sounds to me that, and it sounds to me like what you're doing is you're sort of uh, you're sort of codifying 
the the concept of of taking pictures of those things and explaining to people what they mean. Yeah, absolutely. Because historically, what would people say? People who helped you downsize or declutter would say, take pictures, get rid of it. But then, you know, 50,000 photos later, you're like, I don't even remember what this was. This isn't very helpful This, in terms of the process of emotionally conveying those stories and letting mm -hmm. go of the items. But also it doesn't take it that next step, right? We want you to connect now, live better and better connected now to each other through your stories. Mm -hmm. But also how can that stuff serve you? So I mentioned maybe some of it you don't need anymore and you could sell, right? And you could use that and reinvest it otherwise. Maybe you want to use your artifacts to update your will. And instead of having some boring tangible assets list, you could actually say, here are all the things and here's who gets them and here's why they matter. Uh, or you can send it to your insurance agent and say, can you please make sure this is covered in my policy or I lost this, here's the information. Can you please file my claim? We wanted to make stuff less of a burden and more of an opportunity and a joy and a financial resource as well. Take us through it a little bit, Ellen. If you're going to use the app, all right, um, I'm, I'm not asking you to get into the nuts and bolts, but basically speaking, how does somebody, how mm -hmm. does somebody use the app? What would the, what would the basic steps be? Absolutely. So you can get started for free, create a free account. You just put in your name, password, et cetera, and off you go. You can turn around at your desk or wherever you are, snap a picture of something sitting around you that means something to you right? It could be completely financially no value. It's just sentimental. Take a picture of that, you know, photo on your wall and name it. Picture of great grandma, who it is and why this photo matters to you. Why is it sitting on your wall and hit save? It goes into a private artifacts collection. And once you start artifacting all these things, you can decide what to do with it. You can share it in social media. You can send it to friends and family and connect over the stories. Okay. So once you have a picture of the item, mm -hmm. right? Now you want to now you want to uh, describe it, or you want to describe um, why it's has meaning or why it's significant to you. Yeah. Um, what are the options for somebody? How would they do that? It's literally just a freeform field, right? So I, I add the photo, and then it says, "What do you want to name it?" You name it, and then it says description. Give five words, five hundred, five thousand, whatever you want, and then you hit save, and it's done. You can always add more. So you can go back and edit and you can add some video or audio clip, right? So one of my favorite personal artifacts is I just took a photo of my a recipe card in my mother's handwriting and the recipe card is there. And in the description, I talk about how when we would travel down to Illinois for Christmas, when I was a kid in Wisconsin, we would make this recipe and these coffee cakes and bring them to our friends and family. Mm -hmm. But in addition, I went back a year later and I added a video snippet of my mother and my daughter on Zoom during COVID with my mother teaching my daughter how to make this coffee cake. So now I not only have my version of events and the recipe in my mother's handwriting, but I have my mother and my daughter on film talking about how to make this coffee cake. So together, this is an artifact. It's like a 360 full color, you know, audio video version of what mm -hmm. this thing is and why it matters. I have hundreds of recipes. This one's special and here's why, right? Same thing with my grandfather. He passed away and I was going through his stuff and I found this box of report cards from my dad when he was little. And in the bottom was this ring. And the ring was from the Korean War. It had Seoul 1951 and a bird on it. Nobody knew what it was. I artifacted it. I posted it into a Facebook group for uh, Korean War veterans. And I just asked, does anyone know what this ring is? So it, it allowed me to go back into my own family history, but also preserve my current family history. So, so tell us, I mean, we're sitting on pins and needles. What was the story of the ring? 
So actually someone in Seoul responded to me and they said that it was actually a type of class ring. And he, my grandfather had to have befriended someone, a male in Korea on the ground there while he was serving who gave him this ring. Interesting, very interesting. You know, th this interests me in particular because my my father passed away in January at age 97. And, uh, and, and I thought that we had like covered all the bases. But now that he's gone, and now that we're uh, going through all of his things, we're we're realizing all of the questions that we didn't ask. For example, he has uh, a lot of artwork, uh, but we don't know anything about it. We don't know who the artists are. We don't know. Um, we've taken them to experts, and they don't know. And, uh, and and nobody has any knowledge of any of history of. of this art meant to him or how he acquired it, what the relationships were. So yeah, this would have been something that would have been really valuable for my family. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the genesis for Artifacts. My co-founder's mother passed away unexpectedly, had an estate plan and had the finances in order, but then it was divide assets equally among the three children. And it, there wasn't disagreement, actually. It was just her brothers were like, yeah, not it. All those thousands of square feet of stuff, you figure it out, but don't get rid of what's important. And how would you possibly know? So it creates this paralysis. The stuff lingers in the house longer than it needs to, and they need to close right. out the estate. So it creates a lot of turmoil during mm -hmm ready, emotionally difficult time. Sure. Well, you know, uh, I, I've, uh, I've had conversations with, with adults about things like this. I didn't know about artifacts until today. So what I, we always talked about was something like, you know, taking pictures and then, you know, typing up a word document to go with it. And one of the, um, one of the objections that I always got was, oh yes, but I don't type. And, you know, it'll take me like hours to type up a, a description of this and, and what the history is. But, but you solve that with video. But mm -hmm. what if you have somebody that, that doesn't want um, to do video? You know, there are some people that just are uncomfortable with that. Is there an alternative way that they can describe um, the relationship to the item? Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to have audio or video, right? You can just have a photo of an object. You could have multiple photos of an object. You don't need any audio video. And furthermore, just like any other app, really, when you get to the description part, you can click to record and it will transcribe into the description what you're saying. So you don't have to type and you'll have that description there ready for you. So we do try to make that as easy as possible. And we did do a lot of testing. You know, one of our top artifactors, She's 74 years old. She has hundreds of artifacts and she's done it all by herself on mobile app. And she's like, what? It's easy, you know? But when we worked with the AARP Innovation Lab, we're part of the Age Tech Collaborative. They put that through a lot of testing and they did look at, you know, usability. And, and this stretches not just to the upper ends of the age ranges, but to the youngest, will they want to use it? Can we do intergenerational artifacting? Is this something that can really unite across generations? And we're finding, yes, like it's, it's very exciting to see the grandkids getting involved with grandparents and all of that. And it really does also help those people of the sandwich generation who are like, I don't think I can take all my parents' stuff into my home. I have enough stuff, you know, it's coming on my, you know, pouring out of my closets. Like, okay, I got to pick, but you got to right. give me more information so I can pick. Did you say something a moment ago? What did you call that? The AARP Innovation Lab? 
Yes. So the, the Age Tech Collaborative from AARP does these pitch competitions throughout the year on different themes. And we applied the day we launched our company in August of 2021, we applied and we got in and we were accepted into the innovation lab. So we spent many weeks going through uh, meeting with experts in marketing and VCs and all these others and came out with a more polished product as a result. And so now we are working with the AARP um, Age Tech Collaborative and actually will be joining joining them at CES 2024 in Vegas in January as well. So it's kind of an ongoing initiative to really push the boundaries on age tech and how we deliver it. How do you get something into this uh, innovation lab at AARP? Is it something that you just buy or pay for? No. So you apply through a pitch competition and if you get in, it's all covered, right? So it's right now it's still, uh, it's still because of COVID, like they've, they've kept it virtual. Um, some other competitions that we've joined recently, we want to bring health research grant through the MIHI Healthy Aging Sandbox, and they have their final event in person. So there is a mix when it comes to these types, but for AARP, it's all virtual right now. And they have several cohorts going throughout the year, and it's growing in leaps and bounds, right? And it makes sense. A lot of people come to AARP trying to understand what's happening in the landscape. And so they're just harnessing all those resources from you know test beds to mm -hmm. uh, to VCs and, and companies brand new like ours and more established as well. You mentioned something a few moments ago that I think a lot of our listeners may not necessarily be aware of. You were talking about transcribing. Um, is that something they would do through their computers or through their phones? And, and can you describe to the audience exactly you know, how that works? Yep, absolutely. So when you create an artifact and there's a description field where you can tell five words or 500, what's the story behind this object? Instead of typing and seeing the little keyboard, there's a microphone. And all you have to do is click the microphone and talk into your phone, and it will write out what you're saying. And it's not perfect. I find that I must not enunciate perfectly, <laughs> but it certainly saves a lot of time. And I can go back and edit if it didn't get anything perfectly correctly. But generally, that's good enough. And when you're done speaking, you just click the microphone again, and you're done. And then that way you can continue on. So, so let, let me get this on one app, all right, on one program, you can either videotape, all right, God, that's, that's an old term, videotape. You can video yourself talking about the, the, uh, the object. You can uh, record yourself just in audio talking about the product. You can type an, uh, a description of the product, or you can um, actually talk it and have it transcribed into words. Am, am that right? There's four That's different correct. options. That's correct. And in Artifact, every single one has to have some sort of media file, which will be a photo, a video, or an audio. We need some picture of what this thing is, right. um, but it might be video, audio, or photo, but yes. So it really is a multi, you know, the, the experience is whatever mm -hmm. you want it to be and whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, you know, but, but a lot of objects for a lot of people have, um, that they, they want to be able to see 360 degrees of it, kind of like um, in uh, Italy, when I went to see Michelangelo's David, you know, it sits in the middle of a rotunda, and, and you can literally sit all the way around it and see it from all different sides. And I would think a lot of people want to, uh, pictures of their memories the same way. Does your app have an ability to, to have a 360 uh, degree view of an object? 
I mean, if you were to video record it, yes, but there's not a simulated 360 view, right? So a lot of folks, okay. and, and they do this for different reasons, and, and we get different advice, to be honest. If you're doing something for appraisal purposes, and you're right. going to need that for tax or insurance or other purposes, you're going to want to have professional footage, essentially, because the fine details will mm -hmm. matter the maker's marks and scratches and dents and all of that. Sure. But for, for our folks, um, they're less worried, to be honest, about those kinds of details than they are about, don't throw this away before you know what it is. <laughs> and so there's a lot less emphasis on that. Now we do work, we have concierge services. We will come in and artifact with people. And for sometimes when we go in and do concierge services, folks will ask us to bring a particular professional photographer. And that is because they do have appraisal and estate planning purposes in mind where they need mm -hmm. high end um, video or audio or, you know, whatever it is. So they can, as a supplement to concierge, ask us to bring in a photographer or otherwise, if they have those, those in mind. Are, are concierge services uh, available for uh, artifacts nationwide or just in certain regions right now? So it is nationwide. And, you know, we joke that we've, we've taken a, a Airbnb approach. If you know that company and its origins, right back in the day, those founders were there on site. They were taking pictures of the properties. They were filling in the listing details and, mm -hmm. and for a good reason. You want to know what works and what doesn't for your product and make it better. And so for a lot of the concierge, we do it ourselves, but we also have a very nice expansion strategy. As you might guess, as you told your guests, um, we have a background at the CIA. And so we did. We our our FBI friends uh, retired network and said, hey, any of you who are already cleared and skilled at interviewing might be interested in doing some concierge work. And we, we got very warm reception. So we also have a very nice expansion strategy that puts people closer to that, to where someone might be living. You know, I couldn't help, uh, I couldn't help noticing that you uh, mentioned that um, you put this uh, site together in, uh, I think you said August of 2020, correct? So we we uh, incorporated in December of 2020, and we launched in August of 2021. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, um, I'd like you to talk about um, the origins of uh, of artifacts and uh, and how it all sort of came together. Because it sounds like it came together in the middle of COVID, and I'm wondering if there's a tie-in there. We'll talk about that uh, right after a break. You're listening to Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. We're talking to Ellen Goodwin of Artifacts, and we'll be right back after this. We're back on Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz, and we're talking to Ellen Goodwin. She is co-founder uh, of Artifacts, a, uh, a decluttering app that helps you to record and, um, and document all of your stuff so that you don't need to keep that stuff. You can get rid of it, or you can give it away, or you can use it as a way to produce income for yourselves and eliminate a lot of these things out of your home and out of your life and still keep the memories and the explanations uh, for generations to come. Ellen, before the break, we were talking about um, when your company first came together and 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 what the genesis of that was and and how all of that happened. And, and it seems that it happened in the middle of COVID. Was COVID a part of this? 
Ironically not. I think we're one of few companies founded during COVID where COVID really had nothing to do with it. My co-founder was going through a lot of, of life changes. Um, she had lost her mother. There was divorce and moves going on. And there was just a lot. And she was ready for this new chapter because she had gone through so much that required her to deal with stuff that was very complicated, right? With death and divorce and moving, right? So she was dealing with stuff, 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 stuff. And for myself, I was my, the company I was, uh, I was in the C-suite of another company that was acquired by a private equity firm. And it just looked like this beautiful moment in my time to move on to a new chapter. And Heather and I had grown up together at the CIA and we knew each other and trusted each other. And she's like, Hey, I have this wild idea. Let's do it. And so COVID was really unrelated, but I think it gave us um, the latitude to make some decisions that would have been more difficult in a pre-COVID time. I see. Are, are you very tech-centric? My, myself personally? Yes. So I do manage the product and engineering, but it's uh, in the co-founder relationship, we joke that it's because Heather still calls hashtags pound signs, my co-founder. So if she calls hashtags pound, pound signs, she can't be the, the technical guru. So, so I take that. I take that on. So, uh, so it sounds like you had to bring people in to, to, to take care of this, to write code and, and, and actually create artifacts. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So we have our own team that we brought together and that's where my background in data technology really helped. I had mm -hmm. a, a network that I could tap of trusted people. Mm -hmm. And that was important because as of last week, we just got our, our patents issued. And so, you know, we were trying to build something completely novel and we really needed to start from the ground up and keep privacy and security at the center as well. We're, we're more like human media 1.0 rather than social media, we say. I understand. Okay. Um, well, it it would seem to me, uh, uh, for those in the audience that are entrepreneurial, tech uh, inclined, that um, it would have been an, an expensive uh, venture to get this off the ground. Uh, did you get venture capital for this, or or how did how did you and your partner put the funding together? So, to many people, surprised we are have started and remain bootstrapped. Um, so, this is privately financed uh, through ourselves, and. We do have a small investment from uh, a safe note from AARP H Tech Collaborative that we want, uh, were awarded after our time there. But you know, securing funding as first-time startup executives, as females in tech, in this market is is not for. It might be harder than you imagine, um, mm -hmm. and and frankly, the statistics have have gotten slightly better and then much worse, but they're not good in general. Less than 2% of female founded companies ever secure VC funding. And that has its ups and downs. As you know, as a financial advisor, taking on that kind of money comes with different expectations and different demands on what you're building. Sure. Absolutely. But so you self-funded this. You, you guys really, you really believe that this was a passion project. It's more than that, right? We tell people we're going to take on the world. There, there was a woman I met last year at Austin Startup Week, and she said, look, you need to build dangerous companies. You need to take the oxygen out of the space, not execute dangerously, but build dangerous companies, own your space. There are a lot of companies that do storytelling and memories and all of that. We're not that. We're trying to tackle stuff, which is very unique. And, and we're the only ones there. And by virtue of capturing the stuff, we're capturing the stories and memories, but we're doing a lot more than that. And so that that's where we really see ourselves driving a differentiator. So your primary focus is capturing the stories about about the items. It's not so much preserving the items, but uh, preserving the, the the history of them, the, the the reason that 
these items are significant to somebody. And it's really revealing, right? I, I did a concierge session with a woman who, you know, she's 97 years old. And of the few items she still had after downsizing over and over, I really think that she thought she wasn't going to make it past her early 80s because that's when I saw her dating and signing a lot of things that she showed me. But one of the few things she kept, and we featured it for Women's History Month, was these goggles that she wore when she learned to weld for the tales of airplanes in World War II. But all these years later, of all the few possessions she still had were these goggles. And even the little tiny, uh, it was a, a kind of a, silicone thing that she had to weld a piece of metal to during her test to in order to proceed with the U.S. Navy, right? She chose to keep these things because it was a piece of her own history that really mattered. And it actually happened to be a piece of world history. But the things we keep and why we keep them tell us a lot about ourselves. That's true. No question about that. Have, have, you, um, have you been in situations where because somebody took on artifacts, they were able to dispose of most of the things uh, in their home and, and end up with a, a much more pristine environment? Oh, absolutely. We get people writing to this to us about this all the time. And the reason is when you're downsizing, it, it matter of fact will not fit. Like you have to make choices. And mm -hmm. those choices are made easier when you have a way to preserve and capture them and share them with others. And so we do, and we've done some articles about downsizing and decluttering because we get People write to us all the time, which we love. The arty community is thriving and they're great people, but it is categorically something that is helping people to accomplish what is otherwise a lot more painful. And so that's mm -hmm. very fulfilling for us as well to be able to help people let go of more of the stuff. What's the, uh, the cost involved for this? I mean, I'm not talking about necessarily the particulars, but um, obviously, you know, you're, you're not a nonprofit. Um what what kind of what kind of cost is somebody looking at if they if they want to preserve you know a, a house full of items like this? Yeah, absolutely. So the way it works is you can create a free account and you can create up to five artifacts free, so you can give it a try. This also means that anyone who creates an artifact can share it with you privately and you don't need a membership in order to see the artifacts. We didn't want to have to impose, they have to be public for you to see them. Privacy really uh -huh. matters to us. Um, and then we have two membership tiers where it's an annual basis and, and uh, we, we've gotten some pushback that's actually too cheap. Um, we're solving a really big problem at a really low price, but that was also important to us because we want to make it not, not just as simple as making a post into social media. We want simple and fun and easy and a positive experience, but also an affordable one. And that's why our, our top, you know, our top membership at $89 a year for unlimited, you not only have unlimited artifacts, but it gives you three memberships to give away. This is how you bring in someone on a fixed income. This is how you bring in a parent who doesn't want to use a credit card online because they've been defrauding in a sibling who loves the mm -hmm. idea, but you really want them to collaborate with you. So this is how we're making sure that this is a tool that isn't just a product, but it's a way of life. Artifacting becomes a way of life. So wait a second. I want to make sure I heard you correctly. You said that the entire cost, I mean, not including concierge service or things of that nature, but the entire cost for somebody is $89 a year? Yes. Wow. That's <laughs> incredible. That's incredible. And you guys are making money doing that. Yep. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. The, 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 the magic of small numbers. If somebody wants to get a hold of you or they want to get a hold of artifacts, what's the best way to mm -hmm. engage? We're very responsive. You can write to us at hello at artifacts.com. And we should have st stated from the start, artifacts, we bounced out that second A, A-R-T-I. 
F-C-T-S, artifacts.com. Terrific. And you can reach out to us and we're very responsive. Terrific. Ellen, thanks so much for being here. Fascinating material. Uh, you're listening to Reverse Your Thinking. We'll be right back after this. And we're back on Reverse Your Thinking. A fascinating interview with uh, with Ellen about artifacts and uh, and decluttering. I, uh, I I think I'm going to go check her out right after the show. Uh, just a reminder for those of you uh, that have been listening. Um, one of our advertisers, Angie Wells, um, is going to be uh, featured on Real Jazz on Sirius XM Radio tonight at um, 9 p.m. Pacific time or midnight. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that's Real Jazz, Sirius XM, Angie Wells tonight. And tomorrow evening, uh, July 15th, she is going to be performing at Chelsea Table and Stage in New York City. Uh, and if you're not in New York for the 9.30 show, you can live stream it at 6.30 in, uh, in California um, by going to ChelseaTableAndStage.com. Uh, and buying a live stream ticket. So um, before Ellen came on, before our guest came on, we were talking about things to uh, to do in retirement, ways to uh, retire with little or no money. And the last thing, uh, I sort of ran out of time a little bit talking about reverse mortgages as, as an option. You know, um, let's let's make sure that we cover this because I I hear a lot of you frowning right now thinking to yourselves well i'm not going to do that i'm not going to let anybody take my house let me assure you that um none of the reverse mortgage products that are currently on the market today um create a situation where you have to give up ownership of your house it's just a mortgage it's nothing more or less than that and it's just like any mortgage that you've ever had, any loan on your house that you've ever had, except you have the option not to make payments. I personally think they should be called option loans because you can either make payments or not make payments as you see fit for any amount of money. And you can make those decisions month to month. But reverse mortgages are an excellent, excellent and elegant way to get access to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars from the equity in your home. So if you want to investigate that, please consider going to reverseyourthinking.mortgage, www.reverseyourthinking.mortgage. We have tons of information up for you up there, ways to find out about all the different products in the marketplace, uh, Dozens of videos for you to watch, not only about the product, but what people say about the product and what people say about our company. Um, so, um, you know, one of the interesting things that's happening nowadays is um, people are living longer. People are living longer, but there's a big discrepancy between whether you end your life living with a spouse or ending your life 
alone. And um, there are emotional and financial pitfalls to losing a partner, um, a spouse, particularly late in life. Um, it's really important. It's really important to have that conversation, folks. Okay. You know, <laughs> I mean, it ain't easy. I don't pretend that it's easy. I mean, how do you say, how do you sit down at the dinner table and say, hey, listen, so let's talk about who's going to go first. I mean, <laughs> that's not exactly a, 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 a good, you know, a conversation to uh, create um, esprit de corps and happiness, you know, necessarily, but it doesn't mean that the conversation shouldn't take place because not just about the finances, not just about the money, not just about the kids or the grandkids, it's about survival afterwards. What are you going to do? You know, grief is a funny thing. It's, it's interesting that in Western society, we make very little time for grief. And yet there are so many things in the course of our lives that create it. Loss of a job, divorce, um, loss of a child, loss of a spouse. And, and they happen at all different, loss of a parent. And they happen at all different times in our lives. And yet we have virtually no conversations about this. None. I know in my family, it wasn't, wasn't exactly a, uh, you know, a, a topic. And in my current family, it's not exactly something that, you know, comes to, uh, comes to the top of, uh, of mind on a, on a daily basis. And yet it's crucial. It's crucial for the well-being of the people that you leave behind or that are going to leave you behind. I mean, I always joke about the fact that, um, I'm going to outlive everybody. But of course, that's not true. Of course, that's not true. One minute. I mean, it, it's, it's a nice joke. But at a certain point, you, you have to take it seriously. And you have to talk with the people that you care about, not just your spouse, but other members of your family about what's going to happen after. I happen to think that the, uh, the, the Irish wake is a great... Um, uh, way to frame this conversation. What do you want us to do when you go? What do you want to do when I go? Anyway, <laughs> on that uplifting note, you've been listening to Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. I hope we reversed your thinking about some things today. I hope we've given you something to, to take into a nice hot weekend. Get home safe. All right. Give your friends a kiss, give your loved ones a kiss, and we'll see you again next week, right here, same place, KMET. Thanks for listening. Where the living is good.